Special edition of the Behind the You podcast. Love when I get current athletes and players on. We are joined by Jalen Rivers. Jalen, appreciate you doing this. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I don't know if I've met anyone who, who says a bad thing about you, but I will say this. He logged in early for the Zoom. So yeah. his reputation precedes him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to call anybody. I didn't have to follow nope. up. I wasn't waiting around. I don't like playing with nobody, Tom. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, this is our opportunity to tell people's story, get to learn more about you, players, coaches, anyone who's been around the program, probably more so off the field than on the field. And the one thing I know about you, I wanted to dig into this, was you're from a military family, correct? Yep. Yes, sir. Mom and dad. And my stepdad. And your stepdad. Mm -hmm. What uh, areas of the service did their occupation take them to? So well, all of them started in the Navy pretty young. So right out of high school, they went into the um, military, went into the Navy, all three of them. And they spent 25 plus years. My my stepdad did 30. My mom did 26. My dad did about, I think, 20 to 25. I mean, now they're retired, living comfortably, you know, making it to every single game of mine. Um, you know, they're just being there for me a lot. And they've been, since I was young, just been instilling just success and what success brings is hard work. And along that ride, I've just been dialing in, just focusing on myself, focusing on me getting better. And they've been, you know, there along the way to help me get to where I am now. So we appreciate them for their service. When did they retire? Let's put it to you that way. How old were you when they retired? Well, my dad, my biological dad, he retired first. And I was about, um, this happened like 2008 or 2010. So I was about like eight or six or eight or 10, I think. But um, so he retired first and then he got into his like um, he he's a chef now. He has his own business, catering business. Nice. Called, what they call it? Choose, food you can choose. So he does anything that you choose him to do or you want him to do. And whether that vary from soul food, or, you know, seafood or just whatever you want, he'll do. It's including bacon. And then my mom, she retired. I might get the years mixed up. But when I was in high school, my freshman year, she retired. And then my stepdad, not long after that, I think a year or two after that, maybe my, I think, sophomore year, he retired in the military. You were born where? In Virginia, Portsmouth, Virginia, near Norfolk. Gotcha. Because your your mom and dad were there. My mom and dad were there. And then we I left Virginia when I was five years old. And that's when my mom and my mom, my mom and my stepdad met and we they moved to Jacksonville. They got so reached there. And then born and raised. Or not born, raised, I should say. Raised there, yep. Raised in Jacksonville. So you mentioned a very disciplined household. So did you feel like your house was more strict than others because you were in a military family? Well, just as strict as other military families, I would definitely say. But, I mean, I can't speak to other people's households, but I know for me, waking up, you know, I wasn't like, oh, clean your bed or make up your bed. But it was like, okay, you got your homework done at night. Go go get get something to eat. Go take a shower get on your homework, shoot. Every time I got in trouble, I had to do push-ups just like they did in the military or run around the house or something like that. And then just just making sure I was on top of my things. And then let's say my grades came in, I got like a C, D, or F. No, it was repercussions for that. So it was, I just got taught that if I really wanted something, nothing came easy in life. You had to work hard for whatever you want in life. So I had that mindset. And plus I'm a perfectionist myself. So I want to do good at everything I do. Of course, I'm not going to be perfect, but, you know, I want great results. Well, great results is, you know, within that is going to be some hardships that you got to overcome. So where's all that come from? 
is that a reflection of your parents? Yes, it is. Because my parents were not like that. And my parents were not like that, then I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have that example. I have three different examples. I mean, my stepmom as well. But um, and then my older siblings, too. And now that I have a younger sibling on my dad's side, my younger sister, I'm gonna have that. She's gonna have a lot of role models as well. And I'm glad to be one of them. Excellent. So uh, you mentioned getting in trouble. Grades. We, we, I mean, everyone wants to get good grades. But did you how far did you stray Jalen Rivers? What's the most trouble you got into as a kid? I don't know if I could mention that. <laughs> okay, well that one will that will that will, I might try and pry. See how good I am at prying that one loose. How bad was it? How bad was it? Got in school suspension for about a week. And what did you do? Fighting. So fighting, and I think I got in trouble a lot my elementary school years, but really I got back on track my middle school year. I never, because it got to a point in middle school, I mean, in elementary school, my mom had to get a call really every day. You're going to ask her, I'm not even kidding. Like every other day it was something. And I just felt like they're picking on me and I'm not going to just sit in there and I'm going to just retaliate. Why were they so, picking on you, man? Well, who would pick on you? I was bigger and, you know, I had brought a lot of attention and these people, I don't know, just picking on me. You know, like, oh, just playing around. Like, I was in first grade at the time, getting picked on with a sixth grader and had to defend what? myself. Yeah, because I looked like – I looked as big as them. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. I I don't know, but I retaliated, got in trouble. It's my fault. So, what happened when, when mom got the phone call? I imagine that didn't go over too well. Oh, no, because it got to a point where she just got sick of it and brought my stepdad. I think mean, he wasn't even at home at the time. It was just her, so it was a lot of stress on her dealing with – you know, the military, you know, dealing with me and my still my two stepsisters at home. So it was just a lot. And then me, her getting the call really every day was something, me fighting, me being disrespectful, or me just, you know, whatever with the teacher or whoever with a kid at the school. She got fed up and just like, no, like, you know, took my phone away or took my iPad, all my electronic devices, like no TV, just straight up homework, nothing else. Go to school. You can do your sports. But no hanging out with friends. You know, my mom. She you put the clamps on you, Jalen. She put the clamps on you. Yeah. And I gave her a hard time, too, with nobody at home. My dad was still in Virginia. My stepdad deployed somewhere or stationed in Tampa or whoever. Like, it was just me and her and me and her getting to it a lot. But, yeah, my mom, everybody thinks she's nice. And, you know, she is nice and very. Well, know, everyone thinks you're absolutely. nice, Jalen. What are you talking about? I'm hearing this. Exactly. You know, now I'm hearing these stories about you. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a change. I'm a I'm a growing man. I'm a changed man. You're a changed man. You've our, seen the you've seen I'm the light. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so you've seen the dirt. Ready? Too many push-ups. <laughs> what do you think changed though? Why middle school? Do you think did it change? I don't know what changed. I feel like I was around people that were the same as me, or just like you know. I think I just. I think really what happened was. I finally got to the point where, you know, I love the school I was at. I think at the school I was, I just didn't, you know, I, mean, I, I did great in school. I mean, got A on a roll, A, B on a roll, perfect attendance, all that stuff. It was just like, you know. Didn't get was, along with the people. Yeah, just didn't get along with the people. And the, and the school I went to, I got along with everybody. People knew me. We were playing um, AAU with some of the people I went to school with there. So I knew the people real good. The community loved us. I would imagine also in middle school, you know, you maybe you were getting picked on in elementary school. But at that point, I'm guessing if you were big in first grade, I'm guessing you were yeah. pretty big by then. And like people were smarter enough than to egg you on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then people were just but as still, big. But I still got to say, though, Jalen, big, how big you're like six, what? Six, four, six, five? I hit six foot when I was 11. No, I'm saying like right now. But right now I'm six, six. And you weigh what? 330 ish? Mm-hmm. I don't even see you fighting, man. Really? Now, nah, I mean, I mean, as I don't want to, I don't want to like antagonize. I mean, thank God this is on Zoom, so you, you know, you're not gonna come after me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't even see you like upset. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot for me to get upset because it's like nothing phases me anymore, unless you're being like you touch me, being disrespectful to my some people I love. Like, nothing gets to me anymore. Like, I, I dealt with that in my life for my whole life. Like, nothing can really get to me. Like, what am I going to do? Fight everybody that says something bad about me? Got to pick your battle sometimes. I got you. So middle school, we find a good spot. Good school, good friends, good people. Kind of mellow out. And then you and you and mom are good. Yep. And all credit goes to her. Like, of course, my dad and my stepdad. But she she held down the fort when they were away. So, yeah. I got you. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. So if Jalen Rivers is like a brother, right? That's what they say about it. He's like the brother I never had. Who on the team's like a brother to you? I'm not even going to include Chance Williams because, I mean. Right, you guys are basically brothers, right? (laughs) I want to say, I don't know. So I feel like I've got close with a lot of people on the team, but I would say Mike Redding is a brother. I mean, we check each other. You know, um, and he's a great example to have as a friend, too. Because you see, he's involved with a lot of things. He's a SAC rep at our university. I mean, he's another person that can marry my sister, or, you know. So when you were younger, what I was told, uh, maybe, well, I think you might have said this at one point. So you mentioned AAU there briefly. You slid that in. So were you a hooper first? I was, because when I, well, technically, when I lived in Virginia, I played baseball first. Yeah, it's like T-ball. It doesn't even count. T-ball. You said you, moved, you said you moved when you were five. That doesn't. So when, exactly. So until the yeah. kids start pitching, <laughs> it's not base. Until the kids yeah. start pitching, it's not baseball. Yeah. So my first, my first sport was basketball, though, because when we moved to Jacksonville, we were trying to find a league for me to play in, and for football, and everything was not a limited meeting where I was five. I wanted to play with like five-year-olds, but I was bigger than every five-year-old. So at the time, they had peewee. And it went by weight class, and I would have been with about five, probably with the 10, 12-year-olds. So my as mom a five-year-old? Yeah, so I would have been – I was just as big as them. So they probably would have put – not with the 12-year-olds, but probably like – I was going to say, that's, a, that's eight, a, eight to 10. I was going to be in But um, I would have been with people older than me, and I was only five, so it probably wouldn't have been right. So my mom was not going for it. So she suggested flag football. My stepdad was like, no. So went with basketball. And then I think two years after that, when I turned seven, that's when I first found the league, Argyle Spartans in Jacksonville. That was my first football team. And then after that, when I went to junior high, I threw the shot put in discus. Yeah, I heard you're you shot put champ, dude, in high school. Yep. I was the state champion. You won it as a junior. Mm -hmm. And you didn't have a chance to repeat because you enrolled early. I did. 
And that's what I wanted to do because I was talking to my parents at the time. I was like, dang, I really did not want to enroll uh, enroll early in Miami because I wanted to enjoy my senior year through shot put again. But it would have been cut short anyway. I would have missed it for no, like. That COVID? COVID. So that COVID happened in March. And I think the season started in March or February. I so your freshman it. year was was COVID at Miami or COVID yeah, for everyone. Spring of, spring of 2020. So I was only in college for from January to early well, you probably you guys got sent home in March. You should have seen if you could you could uh, like uh, apply for an extra year, a waiver, <laughs> and the shot put it at uh, Oakleaf. Right, and I also I was like, dang, I want to play. At that point, now I, I wanted to be done with basketball. But my junior year was my last year. Really, everything besides football. So how did you get into? How's the shot? How does one introduce themselves to? The, usually, if you think of track, it's at that age, it's going to be some kind of running event. How who who threw who gave you the the, uh, yeah. the idea of the shot put. I'm trying to think because I wasn't for sure going to run at all, but I think all my friends wanted to do track. So I just did it. And I was like, okay, what's an event there for me? Oh, boom, shot put, discus. Let's try it out. And I just became really good at it each year. Right here, right? Yeah, right there. Ball and then the discus, neck. I really didn't care for, but I was getting good at it. I just didn't like the spinning all the way around. The release, it just felt weird. But shot put was my thing. I glided with it. I got you. Well, describe your basketball game. Your down low banger. Yeah, that and I could shoot too. Believe it or not. So uh, I was, you know, center power forward, really in the high on the free throw line. Asked for the ball. Really, me and Chance, that duo is unstoppable because I was in the. It was like a, we ran a high low. So I got the ball at the free throw line, turned around, dumped it to Chance. Easy. And then did you got did he return the favor or you got you were always the guy? Yeah, actually, he did. So assists. like, yeah. I mean, my passes were better, but <laughs> <laughs> but also in a high low. If he wasn't there, I just pop a little shot, make it, and then. I imagine you could also kind of just if you had handles, you could probably just back some guys down and they had yeah. Shot. That's all. I, that's all I did too. So on the block, you know, do a little, you know, hook shot or just back them down and just do a regular, you know, move. But I love basketball and I love defense too. Chance was like the best on defense, but just blocking shots. People always ran to me. All I had to do was put my hands up. They run into me. You're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere for sure. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. So I'm just grabbing the ball from him, doing a little outlet pass. Easy. I gotcha. So how'd you and Chance meet? uh, So we met in basketball. So he came to a basketball practice of mine because I was with the AAU team called Jacksonville Nets. And I think I was eight, I want to say, and he was nine or something. And he came, tried to join the team. Uh, he wasn't that good yet. <laughs> um, he was, I think that was his first real year of playing basketball with a team. So he just uh, wasn't good, but he was funny. So after practice, you know, we were like, hey, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. He made us all laugh, all fun. And then each practice he came to, it was like he was fun to be around. All of us loved being around him. And then his dad, um, you know, rest in peace to him now. But he um, wasn't in his life as much. So I think my stepdad wanted to, you know, be that father figure for him. And we started bringing him around. And saw our stepdad saw that his mother needed, you know, some help, you know, needed a man in his life. So my stepdad took in that role. And now he's my godbrother, obviously, you know. But took him in and every time we went to the court to you know hone in our basketball skills chance was brought along with us and we just 
My stepdad took me and him to the court every chance he got or did football drills or whatever. And You guys were in the same middle school? Same middle school. So obviously same high school. High school, just not the same elementary school, obviously. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! Uh, and football, if you were, were you, if you were the biggest kid around, I imagine you were always on the line. Oh yeah, I always played. Well, little league up until I want to say little league up to twelve U. I think I played both sides of the ball. So I mean, middle school I just played O line, high school just O line. Whatever they needed me in a package for defensive line, I put in. I went in for high school. But um, ever since I started, I've been playing offensive line. I don't know where I was growing up. On the offensive line, I think right side and left side. I think just left side, left tackle and left guard for sure. But on the defensive line, I was a nose tackle. I imagine that. You're, you're, yeah. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out of my way. Here comes Jalen exactly. Rivers. Yeah, um, just, you said you have a lot of things on your to do list. Yeah, I do. I do. And care I just to, care, care to share uh, any of those. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, NFL is definitely one. Two, I want to hopefully go to law school and get a degree. I mean, get uh, my diploma in that. And then I'll probably want to become like a sports attorney or something. I don't know about an agent just yet. I don't know. But also I do love technology too. So maybe if not law school, go back and just try that um, career again. And then maybe my last thing is a coach. I don't want to be a coach, but I just want to still be involved with football in some type of way. But yeah, I have a lot of things that I want to do, but I just really got to figure out what I want to do. I got you. Life after football is real. Football is real. Life after football is oh, real. Oh, life after football. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Life after. Yeah, it is real. Can't you tell? Look, ball, gray, it's real. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's real. And, it's... and Don Bailey, he, he always, you should have a podcast or you should have your own show. I'm like, oh, because I really don't like talking. Believe but you're good not. at it. Yeah. But is it my favorite thing to do? No, but I know I'm good at it. But uh, at first, I really did not like it because being in the spotlight, talking, that's not my thing. I'm very, if you really know me, I'm a real introvert. So talking to a bunch of people is not my thing, but I'll do it because like I said, I want to be good at everything. So, and I had a lot of practice with it, with interviews in high school and oh, talking to a lot of people. So speaking of interviews in high school, there's there's one interview is you and um, it probably happened more than once. It's you and Chance. You're in the basketball gym, I believe. You're like side by side and help shape this story. Something about Miami. I want to say Miami, like Miami came. I want to say they came around, but they weren't the number one at the, at the beginning. Or do I have that right? Like they kind of they were late. You're a late addition to you, so to speak, or what you wanted to do. And then chance, I don't know how this thing, explain the story about the two of you coming together, package deal and how that all worked out. I think coming out of junior high, coming out of middle school, we decided both of us, both of our parents were like, you know, we want to be a package deal. We will still want to go to the same school, you know, in the future, you know, it'll be nice. And we were both getting, we were both getting highly recruited too. And highly looked out because we went to a lot of Clemson camps in my middle school or with the organization called City Streets Institute of Athletes. And 
shout out to them because they do a great job preparing student athletes in the youth community, you know, to steer away from that type of lifestyle, the drug lifestyle, get away from that. You might be a life coach. You don't have to be a football coach. You could be a life coach and a mentor. Yeah, I mean, a mentor, I would do that because uh, I want to help a lot of people. And, I mean, that's my thing. I want to make everybody just as good or better than what I've done in my life. So, and I love being with my friends and, or like if people ask me for advice, I love giving them advice. So I'm always that person. I'm always that. So friend. we got, so when, so oh, yeah. if I got a problem, I'm gonna call, even though you're younger than me, I'm gonna call you up. Yeah. People older than me. I have a, a lot of older friends too. A lot of old family members. Hey, you're Jaylen. an old head. You're an old head, Jalen. Yeah, I'm an old head. So you gotta I mean, go down to that I, early bird, hang out with the old people. <laughs> Get the old, get the old stories. You know, there's a lot. Yeah. I will say this. My grandmother, 96, she just passed. Like you said, rest in peace. There's a lot of wisdom with mm -hmm. age comes a lot of wisdom and humor because yeah. there's no filter. They just yeah. say what they want and they don't care. They don't, nor do they need to. That is grim. <laughs> older people, I don't know what it is, but like you said, why um, just wisdom and humor. That's yeah. Do people on the team seek counsel in you? Yeah, so they always ask me. I mean, it's not always like, hey, you know, all the time, but if they really want, you know, tear advice, if they really have a problem, they'll come to me. Is anyone, is anyone a little needy? Jalen, anyone a little needy? Of course. We have a lot of babies on the team. <laughs> 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 but um, it was, I mean, I'm not the type of person, too. If I see you're down, I'm just not going to walk away from because I'm one of the leaders on the team, too. So, I mean... I really want to see if you, if you don't want to talk about it. I'm one of the people because if I'm upset or mad about something and you come to me checking on me, thank you. But not right now. I'm, I'll talk to you later. But thank you for checking on me, though. So if I see that in return, like, hey, I'm not going to be bothered right now. You know, I'll talk to you later or, you know, I'm like, cool. OK. But if they really want to talk to me, they'll come to me and I'll be like, hey, I'm here for you. We're here for you. If you need anything, I'm there. So, you know. I'm that person where if I see something's wrong, I'm going to ask you what's wrong. If you don't want to talk, you know, I'll check in probably days later or whenever I see you feeling good and then, hey, you good? And then we'll talk. But a lot of people do, you know, hey, Jalen, you know, if you need a shoulder lean on, I'm there. Explain the story about the two of you coming together, package deal, and how that all worked out. Me and Chance, I, we were a package deal, like I said, going into high school. But that's a, that was like a middle school thing, right? Kind of like you're. You didn't actually know it was going to happen. That's like a exactly. But I mean, of course, we were taking it literal too. I mean, and then it came to like, okay, he was getting offered because he got his first offer before me from Florida State. And he started getting offers. And then here, I, my first offer was Florida. So like, we started getting more offers. And we were like, hey, this is real. Like, we're getting, you know, we're highly recruited. Let's for real do this together. So I think up until my junior year, or the end of our junior season football-wise, I was leaning more towards Miami. But at the time, we weren't leaning towards Miami because they did not – they recruited us our freshman year. But, like, after that, it was like a drop-off, and we didn't really hear from them a lot. We were still getting Texas um, texts from, like, different coaches and different people in the recruiting. But it wasn't heavy like it was. And it started getting real heavy again by my junior year. So um, Miami at first wasn't contender. They were in our top five, as you could see, or as you saw. Oh, hey, can you please, you didn't put out like a top 10 though, did you? Or like a top 15? No, please tell me you didn't do that. I did not do that. All right, thanks. Top five is, is uh, I'll accept the top five, but if it was yeah. a top 10, me and you have, now I'm, I'm going to give you advice. Yeah, and plus I'm <laughs> indecisive too, or not indecisive. Like I just really look at my decisions very carefully. You're so, analytical. 
analytical. So if I had too many top, if I had a top 10, top 15, I'd be like, uh, like I like these schools so much, but. Uh, Did you make like, a list? Not like a top five, like a list of like pros and cons. That, like how No, 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 I didn't do all that. Okay, but all I right. really, in my head, I'm like, okay. I logged it in my head. So right. and then talking in with him at the time, we were thinking about going to the same school. So I think what you want to know is at the time where we weren't thinking about going to the same school because I recruited, I, I, I committed before Chance to Miami. And he wasn't, you know, thinking about going to Miami because I don't think they recruited him as heavy as me. Because at the time, it was a lot of a lot of places doing that where they recruited him heavier than me or recruiting me heavier than him. So at the time, it was like we had a different top five at one point. Like we had the same top five, but after I committed to Miami, he he put out a different um, set of people that he wanted to, or a different set of schools he wanted to go to. And Miami wasn't in one of them. And then I don't know what it was, just talking to him like, you know, hey, they do want you, you know, and they were talking to him heavier and more, you know, more and more. And like, okay, I do like Miami. So he ended up, I think, committing shortly after me, maybe a month or two after me. He said but, he um, did on his dad's birthday, right? I think he, he said did he did on his dad's his... birthday in July. So, yeah, that's that's true. So, so what finally pulled the trigger for you? Well, so it was a tough decision. So at first, I mean, I was I went to University of Georgia um, the weekend after I went to – or weekend before I went to Miami. So I think it was really down to Georgia, really. Because in my head, I mean, I wasn't going to let nobody know, but my parents and, you know, whoever. But I was definitely going to Georgia. And then I was like, well, we did set up a a visit to go to Miami. So I'm like, we got to still check them out. I just can't be like, oh, I'm going to go to Georgia and, you know, not go to the Miami visit. So I went to Miami visit. But after the Miami visit, I was like, mom, dad, I want to go here. Mr. D, I want to go here. Like, I love Miami. So really in my head, I think it just, I saw that. Because I wanted to go to a school where it was a family atmosphere. So a family away from my family, not too far away. Both of them were the same distance. But really afterwards, after I talked to Coach Diaz at the time, the head coach, I really just saw that he really wanted me in his eyes. They really, truly wanted me. And after that meeting with my parents and him in that same room, we walked out, all the coaches stand up. Every coach in that building just stand up, clap for me. We want you. Like, I just felt loved. So I'm like, no other school did that for me. Another school, like, I just felt like I was truly wanted. So I'm like, okay, that's, I'm for sure going here. So, so they, good choice. There, yeah, I, I'm glad this is the best choice. This and you already, you already graduated? Yeah, I graduated. Well, technically, I walked in May. I didn't graduate till August. So two months ago, I just officially got my degree. Three and a half years? Do I have that right? 2020, 21, 22. Yeah. Three and a half. Now you're getting your master's. Just started about to finish my first class because the way the program set up, I'm on the line administration, online administrative or sports administration. I'm sorry. And I started my first class September 4th. Each class is seven weeks. About to finish my seven weeks in about two weeks. And then I'll be finished with my first class of the semester and then start my next class. And you like, take one at a time? Well, it's weird how they have it set up. I'm taking cl two classes per semester. Well, right now I'm taking two classes. But I thought it was going to be at the same time, but they have it split up to where I have to take my one class for seven weeks, a break, and then the next class seven weeks. You got it easy, dude. You got it easy. I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not complaining. Well, you put all the work in early. Exactly. You're reaping so. the fruits of your labor, dude. And every year I took about five classes, four maybe, 
but if I dropped one and just took the other ones in the summer. So I really get to have a chill semester finally. Enjoy it. Join us at Gulfstream Park with live action Thursday through Sunday. Enjoy entertainment outdoors at the Carousel Club or feast in Ten Palms. Not hungry? Visit our many on-site shopping locations from fashion stores to home furnishings. For schedules, reservations, and tickets, visit GulfstreamPark.com. People have said you have said you're coachable, a coachable athlete. What makes mm-hmm. you coachable? Why, why do you feel you're that way? And why do the coaches feel you're that way? Well, I feel like because I'm a great listener and I take in what the coach is saying and I feel like I don't take any criticism to heart. So I grew up, like I said, in a military background where growing up, you had a lot of discipline, a lot of, you know, you know, just yelling and, you know, just getting in my butt with some things that I should get my butt ripped for. And I, you know, learned to not take what they say to heart and just let them parent me. So I transfer all of that into my, you know, football career, my t- into my sports and let the coaches do what they got to do. Because at the end of the day, they're trying to get you better. They're trying to make you reach your highest potential. And if you let them resist from that, you're not going to be the best you can be. So all the coaches that really want to get you better, they're going to really coach you a lot. And you're going to get a y- lot of yelling like, hey, Jalen, what are you doing? You're going to get a lot of that. So you know, you can get a lot of yelling at you. So I just let them do that so I could, you know, take in the coaching and just get better. And if I do mess up one play, I just move on. So, you know, if I mess up, I get coached, okay, and I won't do it again. Or I I, I would do it one more time, but maybe I'll, I'll, I'll definitely learn from it, but I'll, I'll learn to just move on. So I feel like that was make me coachable. And you've also said you're your own worst critic. So how hard are you mm-hmm. on you? Uh, everybody can tell you that I'm my worst critic. And I I mean, I'm not afraid to say it because I think that's a great quality about me because let's say after the game, okay, boom, watch some film. I can tell you what I already did wrong before you got to tell me what I did wrong. And you might even tell me just a little bit of what I did wrong, but I might go into depth. Like I I didn't move my feet quick enough. I didn't put my second foot down. And all you're telling me is, oh, you should have done this. Where in my head, I'm like, oh, I should have done this as well. So there's a game on Saturday. You're in, Mm -hmm. you're watching the tape one. So if we have a game on Saturday, I'm watching the tape the next day. On your own? On my own. I mean, usually if it's, I mean, it's a late game, of course, I'm not going to watch it right after because I'm ready to go to sleep. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> sometimes if it's a 12 o'clock game, 3.30 game, after I get back home, you know, talk to my family, you know, catch up with them, go in my room, I might I'm get on my iPad and watch it. Or definitely the next day before I go into meetings. So there's probably not much that might surprise you since you've already seen yeah. it for yourself. So when we get back in the building and you already have a cut up, the coaches already have a cut up of what to watch. And, you know, review the game. I'm already knowing what you're about to say to me before you say it and not being surprised at what you're about to say or not being surprised at what, what kind of grade I got. So if I feel like I played bad, I watch the game. Oh, I did this and I get a bad um, grade. I'm like, okay. You get a good grade. I'm not surprised. Okay, good. I already watched the film. I already know. So, and then really, I don't even got to watch the film the next day because after that play or whatever that that day of or that game after that play i'm already knowing i did wrong so i'm not gonna let it happen again that's yeah. what it makes me, i feel like the coaches really like that because 
you know, they be like, Jalen, uh, uh, yeah, I should have done this. They're like, oh, well, I don't even got to say nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That so, being said, your position coach is known to be a phenomenal teacher. Mm-hmm. He was a great high school teacher in the classroom. I know people who know him. He's a Miami guy. They say, I took classes with Alex Mirabal. He was my teacher. He was awesome. As a line coach, he's awesome. But what makes him, to you, a great teacher? I mean, he's very detailed with his work, and he wants to teach everybody. He, you can see the passion in his eyes. He's not just, oh, I'm going to sit down and, you know, watch the tape and just laser it to the, you know, no. So he's up. He's demonstrating. He's drawing a board, making sure you get it. He's calling on every single one of us, no matter who you are, not just the starters, the backups, the walk-ons, the coaches, whoever. Don Bailey can be in there making sure, like, you understand that, Don Bailey? Or, you know, just making sure everybody's <laughs> involved. Don Bailey yeah. is in there. I know I know where yeah. he hangs out. Yeah, exactly. So every morning, if he's not in there, I'm like, oh, where he at? Because he's <laughs> But Coach Mirabal does a great job of teaching, and, I mean, he brings the joy to teaching and it's not boring you want to learn every time you step foot in that meeting room so you've had some adversity at Miami right injuries your sophomore year and your well you don't know what years they are anymore they get all screwed up with COVID your second year and your third year yeah Uh, and the thing I wanted to ask you Jalen is the part that no one really talks about is the rehab part right you sort of like you go from injured to better but we skip the middle and I know the middle sometimes isn't fun so I would say the hardest thing I had to endure my whole time here so far, I would say, was when I tore my MCL completely. Like, had to get the surgery. That was my first major surgery. I was panicking going into that surgery because I didn't know what to expect. That was my first real surgery, other than, like, wisdom teeth, but that's nothing. That's but, a lot of milkshakes, man. That's good. It's actually not even a that, bad thing. It's not. So, like, I got a lot of milkshakes, a lot of smoothies. Stay home from school. Mom serves you milkshakes actually, and smoothies. Actually, I was out of school because the time I did the wisdom teeth – Shoot, I was that was on Thanksgiving break, and I that and it sucked because I really couldn't eat Thanksgiving food. Oh, that whole I love week. Thanks, I love the love Thanksgiving food. Yeah, a lot of stuffing. And, a lot of stuffing. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, I would say when I tore my MCL, that was after the Michigan State game, right? Yep. So I think the first quarter or the second quarter, early second quarter, I tore it. So, yeah. So after I got the surgery, right after I was in the facility doing, you know, icing and stuff. And it was to a point I couldn't, obviously I couldn't bend it. So, or I couldn't straighten it, I mean. So like, we had to get to the point where we had to force it to straighten. And that whole time I was like thinking about life. I'm like, oh my God, I can't even do this. Going to sleep, I had to sleep in my back. I'm not a back sleeper either. So I had to learn how to sleep in my back with my leg propped up. It sucked, I hated it. So, but. It was all in my head, and I'm like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, oh. But I had people around me. That's what made it easier. That made it just easier for Who me. Who helped? I was, I was going to ask you, who'd you lean on? A lot of my teammates. A lot of my teammates at the time had the same not type of injury, but same or similar injuries. We had a lot of people get hurt that year. But um, that was in the training room. So um, we all really fit together. So it was like a team. So it really helped. So I saw them working. I'm working. She we even competed sometimes. Like who could, when we were working on bending our knees, who can get it to the highest degree? And, you know, it, it made it competitive. It made it fun to come in. But if it was just me, I would say I would have been moving. It's a lo- it could be a lonely experience, right? It can be a lonely experience. So I would say it's always good to have somebody. Plus my parents, they're very supportive too. Like my dad flew. Ode from Virginia just to see me my first week there. 
then my parents, obviously my mom, my stepdad came down at my surgery weekend and stayed with me. And then right after they left, my dad came down and then my sister, after my parents left, all three of them, my sister, she still lived in Miami. She came down and, you know, did a lot of things for me, dri driving me every morning to the facility for rehab, driving me back to my apartment, getting me food, giving me water, whatever. And then I had friends, too, that did everything for me, really. All the things you were calling I in some favors now. You were calling in some favors. I was, and I don't do that. So I hate asking favors, but at the same time, I'm like, hey, you I can't, can't get around. Hey, you can't get around. <laughs> I got to eat. Man's got to eat. Man's got to go to Target. Man's got to yeah. go to Dayland. Or if it can't yeah. go, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to exactly. help, help me out. Yeah. And then even when I couldn't even travel to games, my friends at the time that um were around at the time, they came and watched football games with me that whole weekend. So... It was fun. I mean, it was fun because I chose to make it fun and I had people around me to make it fun as well. And then it went pretty fast, too. With that being said, I think if I was lonely, it would have been go slow. I'd be like, oh, it would have went way longer. But before you right, knew so it, you I found, back you found some joy. Found some joy. Found some joy from it. Yep. All right. A couple of things I'm going to let you go. I did this with Matt Lee. So I'm going to do this with you basically. Uh, oh, wait, one, one, one thing before we get there. So uh, Coach Mirabal was on the podcast, and you probably aren't surprised. It was so long. It was a two-parter. So he just, hey, he, he, he know, he's, he's a good talker. So we had him on, and he did a two-parter. And during that episode, it was back in probably right around January. I think he was on the road recruiting. You guys mm -hmm. had just started classes, and he said uh, he was checking in on everybody, and he said he, start, he checked in on, on Samson. And I believe it was the first day of classes and Samson said he was walking out of the IPF that you and him had just gone through some, you were helping him out with some drills in the IPF first night of class. Did you remember that by any chance? I was. Yeah, I remember that. So what does that say about, uh, I guess the, the, you know, there's so much was made about that group that those freshmen that have come in that he had that kind of desire to just pull, pull either you, you brought him or he asked you, I don't even know how it went down, but that he was putting that work in when no one was around. Yeah, so, yeah, Samson, he was one of the guys, one of the many freshmen that came in that really wanted help. I mean, asking me because he saw I was one of the guys that you could look up to, I guess, coach telling him, like, hey, and I think they told me when he came in, I was going to be his mentor or something. I think that was the case. So whenever he needed something or, you know, he's not the type to really ask a lot of favors to. He's quiet himself and, you know, he'll do it himself. But I made my business to – get it out of my comfort, comfort zone and go approach him like, hey, you know, if you need anything, I'm here, you know, text me. And then it got to a point where it was like, hey, you know, after if you get a time during this time of day, you know, let's do some drills. I'm down for it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm down. Just tell me a time. So I think it was we made it to where it was every week at one point. I think until he like hurt his ankle or tweaked it, we stopped. But we did like every Tuesday or something at 530. He wanted to do some drills. I was there helping him. And, I mean, that shows just how he is, how, how he wants to get better. It's just suck that he can't do it now with his injury that he has. Um, but he was one of those coming to work every day, coming to the building every day, wanting to work and get better. So, and I saw that as soon as he came in, he wanted to work. Literally, as soon as he came in, he's like, hey, Jalen, you know, you want to do some drills? I'm down. I was like, yeah, you just let me know what you want to work on. We can do it. You want to focus on pass, run, what you want to do. And I was there for him. All right, so now this is what I do with Matt. I basically just threw out a name, got in the offensive line. I said, give me quick – first thing that comes in your head when I say someone's name. So we'll start with Matt, Matt Lee. <laughs> <laughs> um, very passionate. Uh, you, don't have, you don't have to say anything. We just take your face. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he's great. He's a great player. He's a great person, you know. We formed a great bond since he's been here, too, and is getting – I mean, we're all getting a strong bond with the offensive line. But him, he's very eager and passionate, and he wants things done a certain way. And if it's not a certain way, he'll be like, ah, he'll get it. He'll get it fixed, though. And I respect him for that, too, because you need that quality as a as a player. I'm going to co-sign on the passion. Yeah. I mean, okay. as you saw, not even the focus on that, though, after the game, you know, crying. That shows how much he cares about this program and show, like, you know, how he cares a lot. And that shows his passion with the game. The man the who's it, the man who's between you and Matt Lee, Javion Cohen. He's very talented. Like I said, a lot of normally say this for everybody, just a great person to be around. Like I said, since he's been here, we formed a great bond as well. And I would say he's just funny. And he brings that joy to the office line too. And he's great. Y'all hang out like y'all hang out away from practice, away from the field, like the bunch of you guys get together. We should more, but we spend a lot of good time together on in the building. So yeah. like everywhere you see us, you're gonna see Javo, Coop, Matt, CC. So we don't really gotta hang out too much outside of building, but we do sometimes. But Matt told me that he, I think some the summer they were watching some NBA together. Him and Javo there at his house, and then the have you have you talked to Matt about the movies he watches? Because he's got an interesting taste in movies. Bunch of old school stuff. No, no, no. A bunch of old. He's like he go he, that. He's an old head too. Really? Oh I'm yeah. About that, but I I know he's old head too. Yeah, Inez? he's a bully on the offensive line. And I'm saying like he he'll bully whoever's in front of him on the on you know on the right. opposing team. But um, he's very aggressive and you know fun to be around as well. He's one of the ones I would say. If Coop is high and energetic, we're all going to be high and energetic. If he's low and down, we're all going to be low and down. So he he sets the temperature for the offensive line. So, and he comes in cracking jokes on anybody and everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. He He's just funny and fun to be around as well. And he just brings a lot of laughs in the room. When you first saw Francisco, you thought what? He a big, he big. <laughs> like, so as long as you're going to hear a lot in the interviews, like people, oh, he's a freak. He's, he's big. Like it's, it's fascinating to see how, how much he's grown too. Of course he's big and, you know, he catches the eye of everybody in the room as soon as you see him, but he's very intelligent for his age and for his year that he's been in, in college, he's way more advanced than any freshman I've seen. All right. He's pretty, uh, pretty strong dude. Just watch you go back and watch some stuff and he's just like, boom, see ya. And of course everybody brags about his body percentage too, body fat percentage and all that stuff in his body. I don't even know. I don't even know what it, what is it? It's good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he has the highest body mass on the team. And then, like, he's, like, 19% body fat or something like that. He's That's cheating. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nah. just messing. Hey, wait. Last thing, I promise. The mm-hmm. Campbell Award. When you heard the news, you thought, what, about being a semifinalist? <laughs> so, when I saw that I was up for the semifinalist, I was up for the award. First, I'm, I was surprised because when people were tagging me in it, I was like, oh, I was like, what? I was shocked myself. So a lot of people are going to, a lot of people can attest to this. I'm very humble. So I'm like, oh, this is nice. You know, this is, but they're like, no, this is big. Like, this is like, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I didn't think anything of it because it's like, it's just, it is great to be put up for this award and I'm great to have this big honor. And, but it goes to show all the things I've been working on or I've been working for my whole life and people around me 
setting that great example of, you know, what you want in life is not going to come easy. So, you know, the hard work my parents have instilled in me at an early age, shoot, early as like in when I was an infant, I feel like. Change your diapers, Jalen. Do it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> no, but parents have instilled a lot. Um, they learned from their mistakes growing up too. So they didn't want me to have a repeat of those mistakes. So, you know, they learned a lot growing up, you know, being in the military, they learned a lot. So it's good to have, I, I'm glad to be from a military family, you know, a lot of learn a lot about structure and how to go about in life. I'm great. And uh, it goes all to show how I'm been set up for this award. And now I'm you want to win it. Now I want to win it. Now I want to become a finalist and then win it. But of course, okay, I'm a, I'm a claimant. So I'm going to just say it like I'm going to win this award. So, all right. We'll be there for you. By the way, if you win, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And phenomenal, phenomenal, the, phenomenal, phenomenal. Who gets it like though? Academic Heisen and stuff like that. Yeah, man. Absolutely. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. All right. I appreciate it. And I'll tell, I'll tell, I do, I, I work with Don Bailey. Uh, that's what I do away from this. So I'll let him, they're actually, in fact, right now we're right in the store. I'm, I'm doing it right from his office. So, uh, I'll let you know. Uh, I'll let him know you you send you send your best. Yeah, tell him I say hello. I will, Jalen. Appreciate you doing this, buddy. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, I did. Thank you so much. All right, until Don Bailey, I'll see him in the morning too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him know, Jalen. Yes, appreciate it. We'll see you. Yes, sir, have a good night.